Law Enforcement Today radio show. I'm your host. My name is John J. Wiley. In addition to being a radio broadcaster, I'm a retired Baltimore police sergeant. In the Law Enforcement Today radio show, we are joined by special guests. We'll be talking about their experiences and issues affecting law enforcement officers, their families, and the community. We'll also be discussing issues in the news from the perspective of those in law enforcement. Check out our daily articles on our website, lawenforcementtoday.com. And while you're there, download our free app. Be sure to like and follow us on Facebook. Search for Law Enforcement Today Radio Show. The Law Enforcement Today Radio Show is brought to you in part by Transformations Treatment Center. Call 888-991-9725 online at transformationstreatment.center. Transformations Treatment Center provides a comprehensive range of treatments for addiction, substance abuse, co-occurring mental health disorders, and PTSD. Transformations Treatment Center has a nationally acclaimed Veterans and First Responders Treatment Program offering rehabilitation and holistic treatment for all those suffering from substance abuse problems. Law enforcement, firefighters, veterans, and all first responders receive the dedicated and highly specialized treatment they need at Transformations. Their program features first responders and veterans therapists helping first responders and veterans. Transformations Treatment Center. Call 888-991-9725. That's 888-991-9725. Online at transformationstreatment.center. Joining us on the phone from the great state of Oklahoma. I would say the county he works in, but I'm linguistically challenged when it comes to saying the name of the county. We have Deputy Sheriff William Wheeler. Deputy Wheeler, thanks for joining us today. I appreciate it. Absolutely. Thank you for having me on. Ben, before we get further, lay it on me. What's the name of the county where you work? It is Pottawatomie. Pottawatomie. That's correct. You said it good. Something tells me if I tried to say it from reading it, I'd be all over the place. <laughs> we, we get that a lot with the small towns and counties here in Oklahoma. There's a lot of Indian names in Oklahoma, and that's where a lot of them come from. Absolutely. So Pottawatomie, I'm sure, is probably uh, a Native American name from from somewhere in that region. Yeah, we're, we're located just, we're, if you know Oklahoma City is the capital, we're about 40 minutes south uh, east of Oklahoma City is where we're located. Gotcha. Now, you contacted me, and you said, I got a story to tell. You also sent police audio, and before we go into the audio, just give us a bird's-eye view of what happened, then I want to play the audio, and then we'll come back and have a long, detailed conversation about it. What happened that day in question? So, January 31st, uh, 2004. 15, I was on patrol and had responded to an accident. And the short story is while on at that accident, we had a distracted driver who was updating his Facebook at the time, had come to the median and struck two troopers that were next to me. Um, one of the troopers was killed on impact um, and the other one was severely injured. Um, I was less than half a second away from being struck by the vehicle myself. So your audio, the audio that I've given you just kind of picks up on that. So the driver was updating their Facebook page on their phone while they're on the interstate, probably doing about 75 miles an hour. Absolutely. Talking about yeah. ridiculous. Yeah. And, and, you know, and the, it blows and the my mind. That we, yeah. Yeah. And then the more facts that we got in throughout, you know, the whole investigation, we had learned that he had an in-going, outgoing message every 42 to 43 seconds on his phone from the time he left the state line of Arkansas from the time he had the accident. 
Let's do this. Let's play the audio that you sent from the police dispatcher and you and other units, and then we'll come back and have more of the conversation. This is audio from, say the name of the, the Sheriff's Department again. That's uh, Potawatomi County. Kenning. In Oklahoma. Yes, sir. audio of Deputy William Wheeler, Potawatomi, did I say it wrong? You're good. Potawatomi Sheriff's Office in Oklahoma. And you can tell, first of all, I shortened the audio. Uh, it was a little bit longer and it cleaned up. There's a lot of clicks often in police audio that you hear that doesn't translate well to a radio format. Uh, but one of the things that amazes me, even after all these years of being retired from police work, William and can I call you William or you better be called deputy yeah. okay William no, William's fine one of the things that that even though I did police work for many years and I've been retired for for even longer when things go from a calm normal vocal range to absolute panic my blood starts racing my adrenaline starts going and it's like I was in a radio car that's what we call it in Baltimore and I, I want to start racing to the scene Mm-hmm. And I hear that clearly in your voice. Yeah, and it went, you know, it went from just, I'm not, I won't say um, just a regular call, because obviously in this instance it's a normal regular call, but from a normal shift to, you know, obviously just utter chaos. And what a lot of people don't understand is that from the time, if you listen to the audio from the time I'm telling my dispatch, I'm going to check on them, I'm going to go back 10-8, and then you hear me frantically yelling our universal code that there's an officer down. It took three minutes and 58 seconds. So it wasn't a matter of like me being out there for an hour or 30 minutes. It happened within four minutes. Everything changed. That's how quick it happened. And these things happen quite often. You know, we think of the dangers of police work, law enforcement work in the United States as being shot or stabbed or violently assaulted. But we have so many officers across the United States that are killed or seriously, seriously injured in these accidents and so many of them are caused by people not paying attention to what they're doing the, yeah facebook is more important and that's the reason why i stopped riding motorcycles after 30 some odd years i gave it up because i i, I know someone's going to plow into me yeah it's happened you know unfortunately it's happened more than once here in oklahoma i mean we've had countless of stories where troopers or officers have been struck by vehicles so it's it's becoming very prevalent, you know. So on top of, of me going out and speaking about the dangers of PTSD and all that, I'm also 
part of what we call Nick's Promise, which is in honor of Trooper Nick Dees, who was the trooper that was killed. Um, and we have had the we have had the opportunity to go all over the state of Oklahoma and speak to over twenty thousand students um, on the on the dangers of detractor driving. Because I use the term loosely when I say when when I had mentioned early, earlier that he had been when he caused the accident. I don't I try to stress to these young people in high schools that this wasn't an accident because an accident is something I can't prevent. But right. if you make a decision to be on your phone and you decide that that's more important to you at that time, then now you've committed a crime. Yeah, so and I, that's I what it is. It's choosing to spend time online mm-hmm. and saying that the human life around you is just not important enough to pay attention to. Absolutely. And, and it's something that we've all, we're all guilty of, even us that wear the badge. And, and, and I stress that very much, you know, that this is, this is something I've been guilty of doing myself. I've done it in my patrol car. But unfortunately, it took a it took an event like that to forever change my perspective on things. And so, when we speak to the students, we're trying to get that message that don't have a January thirty first, two thousand fifteen, don't have that be the moment that you know, because you have the opportunity right now to stop it. So. It's so preventable. And I've actually started the habit of uh, I'll call people out when I'm driving a car next to them. I see them on the phone. I'll start making hand gestures to get their attention. I'm like, get the hands up in the air. Like, can it wait? I mean, seriously, well, how yeah. important can this be that you've got to text while you're driving? Yeah, it's just it's a society that we live in today, unfortunately, and it's something that we're going to have to continuously deal with. But, you know, we're trying to there. There seems to be a stronger push out there nationwide that I see as far as to get the message across that this is not acceptable. But just but like anything else, though, it's something we're always going to have to deal with. It is, and we're going to talk more about the accident. Well, I, I don't like that term. You're right. We're going to talk more about the incident that cost the life of the Oklahoma State Trooper, seriously injured another one, changed your life. We're going to take a short break. This is Law Enforcement Today. Don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. Epidemic. America's public health crisis. These are all terms that describe the current problem of drug and alcohol abuse in the United States. Countless lives are lost and heartbroken families are too many to count. Transformations Treatment Center is dedicated to saving lives. Call 888-991-9725 and online at transformationstreatment.center. Transformations Treatment Center provides a comprehensive range of treatments for addiction, substance abuse, co-occurring mental health disorders, and PTSD. Transformations Treatment Center has many acclaimed treatment programs offering rehabilitation and holistic treatment for all those suffering from substance abuse problems. Transformations Treatment Center. Call 888-991-9725. That's 888-991-9725 and online at transformationstreatment.center. Rates based on a man age 42 with no tobacco use of any form for 20 years. Policy number 25. Policy underwritten by various life insurance companies. Premium includes a $50 policy fee. Rates and underwriting criteria subject to change at any time. Not available in some states. You've heard those term life insurance ads with their rates read very low. And at the end, they have a long disclaimer read extremely fast. Why? Because most people like us will never qualify for those rates. It's just a way to get you to call. Listen, at the term lifeline, we'll never quote you a low rate hoping you'll call. Then try to sell you something else. 
but we do promise to get you the best rates available on policies of $500,000 or more with professional service. Don't waste your valuable time. Get the real rates you want on term life insurance policies of $500,000 or more from the Term Lifeline. Call now. 800 957 6068. 800 Well, they say this Uncle Sam guy wanted them to pay him like a gazillion dollars. And they didn't have a gazillion dollars. So they called this company they heard on the radio called The Tax Doctor. And The Tax Doctor worked with Uncle Sam's people. I think they're called the IRS. And they're able to work it out so my mom and dad didn't have to pay Uncle Sam very much money at all. So now mom and dad are happy. And I'm happy too. Thanks, Tax Doctor. If you owe $10,000 or more to the IRS or state, call now and pay less. 800-663-5107. 800-663-5107. That's 800-663-5107. Driving means freedom, exploration, fun, pride, flexibility, protection, friendship, independence. Distracted driving means Danger. Recklessness. Irresponsible. Chaos. Police. Devastation. Injury. Death. Safe driving means staying alert and staying alive. Visit StopTextStopRex.org, a message brought to you by the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration, Project Yellow Light, Noise, and the Ad Council. Back to the conversation with Deputy William Wheeler from Oklahoma, uh, talking about the night, or was it nighttime or daytime when this accident, this incident occurred? It was nighttime. Okay, and what was the date again? Uh, January thirty first, two thousand fifteen. So to set the scene, you're on the highway. There's a, a, a an accident, and you have a couple Oklahoma State poli- police vehicles there. You're there, and you're getting ready to leave. Apparently, from the police audio, and checking them one last time, and all of a sudden, this guy who's driving seventy five miles an hour on the interstate doing Facebook updates, comes off the road and hits the state police vehicles. Yes. So how it all started, they had uh, given me a call that there was an overturned semi off of Interstate I-40. Um, the original call had put it within my county, so I responded to it. Um, as I got closer, there was a couple of traveling units that were looking for it, could not locate it. So I went ahead and decided to go into the next county, just a couple miles over, um, into the next county, which would be Seminole County. Okay. And uh, as I went into Seminole County, I could see the two troopers' lights on the side of the highway. So I, I let my t- dispatch know that it was going to not be in my county. Um, but I wanted to check on them to make sure everything was okay because it was raining. It was sleeting that night. It was cold. Obviously, it was in the end of January. Um, I wanted to make sure that they were okay before I went back into my county. So I parked in the ravine, had my lights on. They had all their lights on. I crossed over the cable barrier. I approached Trooper Birch. Um, Keith Birch was the other trooper made contact with him and about as much as I can remember is making contact with Keith. I remember Nick walking beside us. He walked around us. And at that time I had just a gut feeling to look up. And when I did, I could see headlights coming at us directly at us. So 
at that time, my body just goes into survival mode. I ran towards the ditch, tried to jump towards the ditch. As soon as I moved my body, I could hear the impact behind me. Immediately turned around, and the first thing I saw was Trooper Birch laying in the field. So I ran to I ran towards Trooper Birch. Um, at this time, I'm, a lot of things obviously were going on right now in my mind. I'm trying to keep control of the scene, trying to. It's very chaotic this time. I had a brand new reserve deputy that was riding with me that night. Um, he had only been out for about three or four months. Thankfully, he was on the other side of the semi when the when the incident took took place. Um, immediately ran to Troop, Trooper Birch checked him for any major injuries and knelt beside him and just held his hand. And I just, all I could do at that time was say, it's okay. It's okay, brother. I've got help on the way. As I was frantically trying to get out on my radio that we had an officer down. So during all of that, it still hadn't dawned on me because as I had mentioned earlier, I'd only been out there for less than four minutes, right at four minutes when all this took place. So it hadn't really dawned on me at that time when all this was going on, that I still had another trooper that, that I couldn't account for. So once everything started kind of slowing down a little bit, I could look, I looked over to my left and at that point in time, I could see uh, Trooper Nick Dees and he was laying in between the vehicle and the semi-trailer. Um, the impact on him was so hard that it had knocked his boots off of him and it killed him on impact. From there, there was not much more I could do other than just try to keep control of the scene. You know, at that time, all your training starts coming back to you. It does. You know, and, and I knew I had a brand new deputy. I needed to, I needed to check on him, but I wasn't going to leave Trooper Birch until I got some. I mean, at no point in time was anybody not going to be by his side. And that's, so it's not, a kind of a powerless uh, feeling. One of the things yeah. that people ask me about when you're on the scene as someone who's seriously injured, especially with someone you know who's dying, the only thing you can do is let them know that, that they're not alone. And it's a, even, even in many situations, there's not a whole lot you can do first aid wise with what limited, resources as a police officer or law enforcement officer you might have and it's a really really discomforting feeling and i'll be honest with you it changes at least it changed me yeah no it changed and you know the whole time you know that that i'm by keith he is he is yelling for nick you know that's his partner that you know they work the same county together as troopers been on many, many calls together. So, you know, they're like brothers, obviously. Not that we're not all brothers, but, you know, they're closer because they work together, you know, and he's yelling for Nick and then he's wanting his phone. And, you know, when I go to our, our police academies and I speak to, I try to put something on the back of everybody's mind to think about something because it's not that I'm any special because I thought of it. It was, I'm glad, but, but I'm glad I did. But Keith was wanting his phone because he was wanting to get a hold of his wife. So, at that point in time, we made the decision to let him use our phone to call his wife. And, and the best thing we could have done was let him talk to his wife because I could have called her and I could have told her anything in the world. It wouldn't have mattered. She was going to think the worst. Right. Yeah. Um, but, automatically, you assume it's a bad, yeah, bad, bad situation. Absolutely. Another law enforcement officer is calling. Yeah. To, to be able to hear from him directly was, was good and somewhat comforting to her to know that he was able to talk to her and that, you know, he'd been in an accident. So, you know, a lot, a lot of things go on from there, and, and this is where, you know, I, I try to share my story about when we talk about PTSD that it unfortunately is not talked about enough in law enforcement, that, it, that if you ask me, it should be mandatory in every academy that you go to, there should be some course, some kind of study on it, um, because it is so prevalent right now. We're losing, we lost more last year to suicide than we did in line of duty. And it is, um, it's been a problem for a very long time, and I've read some studies that say that among the first responder population, there's approximately 30 to 35% walking around with some form of, 
and some degree of post-traumatic stress disorder syndrome, I, I use the term injury, I like that one better, that affects not just their performance at work, it affects the quality of their life physically, mentally, and it affects the relationships of other people that are close to them. That's going to be a really long conversation, so I'd, I want to put that off for a few more minutes. Come back because I don't want to interrupt you. Back to the scene of the accident. The state trooper that was killed, tell us a little bit about him. This is the first time, because they worked in, the, in the, another county than the county that I work in, so that I had never met Trooper Nick Dees. I'd never met Trooper T. Church prior to that incident. So the brief three minutes and 58 seconds that I had encountered with them on the, on the highway was the only time I'd ever spoke with them, had ever done anything with them, you know, now, but what I have learned from here and, and I have become lifelong friends with uh, his father, who is Barry Dees. He's actually a retired state trooper. I'm, I'm, I apologize. His father's name is, is Bruce. They'll get mad at me when they, <laughs> so, uh, but no, uh, Bruce is the father and Barry is his brother. Um, you know, and I've come, I've become lifelong friends with them and the Birch family. And, and, I'm, and from everything I hear, I've never heard one bad thing about Nick. I mean, this guy was solid as a man as they come, you know, a family man, a man of God, somebody you could look up to. And when, and when I speak to other LEOs and first responders that had the, the privilege to work with him in that county, I mean, it's just nothing but good, good things that they ever said about him. Always had your back, always willing to do the Linda handout and help. Um, so, um, it would, it would have been an honor to have known him longer. Um, but you know, that unfortunately it was the only time I ever had ever dealt with them was just in that brief few minutes. That's not the way I'd want to meet someone. And, uh, yeah. I, and I, I, be honest with you, uh, William, I'm having a hard time coming out with words to talk about something that's just extraordinarily horrifying and extraordinarily tragic. And I do remember many years ago in Maryland, I believe it was two state troopers were in a vehicle. You know how we, when two police cars pull up next to each other, you know, they talk, they roll down the driver's windows, and yeah. uh, they're on the side of, I think, Interstate 95, and they had their headlights on, and it was nighttime or very, very early in the morning, and what happened was a tractor-trailer driver started nodding off at the wheel, and when he came to suddenly, the first thing he saw was their taillights, and he steered towards that. And that's one of the reasons why they said, you know, when you pull aside the road or the highway, turn off your lights. Mm-hmm. And, and I, I learned that lesson in my personal vehicle. So uh, very few times I've had to pull over side of the highway for a broken down vehicle or whatever it might be. I always insist on turning off my lights because uh, people tend when they lose their sense of direction or, or where they're at. They, instead of oversteering, they'll steer to what they see. Oh, that must be where I got to go without thinking. Yeah. And, and with this deal, you know, he he admitted that he had seen our head, our red and blues a mile ahead of the road, and he so still I mean, had to not, do the Facebook posting. Yeah, yeah, and and the right lane of traffic was completely open, flow of traffic on the right lane because only one side inside lane of the of the traffic was blocked. I could uh, um, I could say a lot of curse words right now. I'm not <laughs> going to. We're going to take a short yeah. break. We're talking with Deputy William Wheeler. Uh, This is Law Enforcement Today's show. Don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. Remember in the beginning, when you first started to build a life for you and your family, you never imagined it would come to this. Instead of living your dreams, you're living with debt. In fact, it's smothering you. Now there's a way you can take back control with one simple call. If you owe $10,000 or more in credit card debt, you qualify to receive a free, no-obligation consultation on how to get rid of that debt 
for good. Call the Debt Helpline now. We work on your behalf to reduce your debt. We specialize in credit cards, retail store cards, and medical bills. One simple call is all it takes to get the ball rolling to a debt-free life. Stop living with debt and start living your dreams. Call the Debt Helpline now. 800-948-6817-800-948-6817-800-948-6817-That's 800-948-6817. Warning, don't let your business get left behind in what is likely to be the biggest economic boom in recent history. If you need to build for your business to grow, call General Steel today for a pre-engineered steel building designed for your needs. No wasted space. Steel prices are expected to rise, but you can still lock in your price on a General Steel building. And you can still save as much as half the cost and time of conventional construction. As much as half. But you must call now. If you need a church building, office, warehouse, manufacturing space, retail space, or more, call General Steel today. You can still get the General's 50-year structural warranty and General steel quality all at a price you can afford so don't let rising steel prices put your project out of reach and stop you from making your company great 800-614-7180-800-614-7180-800-614-7180 that's 800-614-7180 The Law Enforcement Today radio show is brought to you in part by Home Security Advisors. Call 866-334-6387. They're online at help.lockitdowntoday.com. Is your home as secure as it should be? If not, call Home Security Advisors, 866-334-6387. There's no price you can put on safety and peace of mind for you and your family. Protect your valuables, gain remote access to your home, reduce your homeowner's insurance, and deter criminals. High-tech security options for low cost. To get more information, call Home Security Advisors, 866-334-6387, or visit them online at help.lockitdowntoday.com. Back to the conversation with Deputy William Wheeler from Potawatomi County, Oklahoma. Did I get it right? It's sounding good. Sounds better every time. Close enough. That's close enough for government work, as they say. So we're we're talking about this horrific incident. You you know, and anybody who's been in law enforcement for any period of time, it doesn't matter where you work, you're going to see more than your fair share of absolute horrible trauma. And for me personally, uh, when the very young were victimized, especially by their parents, or the very old were brutalized. I, I always had a very tough time with it. Now, being a city police, I didn't have a whole lot of horrible traffic accidents. We had a few. We had, you know, lots of other violence, and all of that took its toll. But to see another law enforcement officer basically run down right in front of you, two of them actually, one survived with horrible injuries, although one killed, that had to have a tremendous impact on you that's probably still having an impact on you. And it does. And and this is where, you know, we get into, as far as I get into speaking about the EPD, because you made a great point earlier about how 
that 30 to 35 percent of us are walking around with PTSD and don't even know it. And a lot of that is just not being undereducated. We don't we don't speak about it. Our stigma in our profession is that we're big tough men. And it's a dirty secret that we don't want anyone to know. Absolutely, absolutely. Like, and we're too ashamed to ask for help. And this is what has to change because the biggest problem when it comes to PTSD is what they call cumulative PTSD. Because I may in one day witness a horrific car wreck where somebody dies and I may in the next call I may go to a domestic abuse situation the next call I may go to where we're moving some kids out of a home that shouldn't be there and but we're taught to put all that in the back of our head and and we sit there and we joke about what's for dinner and where we're going to go eat lunch you know typical cop stuff that we do but we're not trained on what to look for in each other and what clues we should be looking out for because the fact at the end of the day we're all human and we all have feelings and this is this affects you one way or the other, whether you realize it right then or not. So that's what we try to get out and get this message out that that it's okay because you can still be a functioning law enforcement officer, you can still be a functioning first responder, and still have PTSD if you know how to deal with it and you know how to seek the help when it's given. That's a good point because a lot of people think that it's a, a career ender. Therefore, they won't seek help. They won't talk to anybody about it. They'll say, I'll, I'll figure out a way to deal with this my own willpower and I'll drink it away. I'll just, I just Absolutely. need more sleep. I need, I need to find a way to decompress. I need something. And as long as we're looking for outside things to fix the inside, it doesn't work. It's like putting a Band-Aid on an arterial bleed. It's not going to stop it. Yeah, and, and I still, I was fortunate enough uh, I'm fortunate to be with the office that I work for now. They immediately were getting me help. They were immediately getting somebody to for me to speak to because, you know, your PTSD, you know, and a lot of people don't understand that this is not something that just occurs a few days afterwards. It immediately occurred for me. I mean, from the first, from the time I got to leave Birch's side and, when, and my undersheriff was the first, one of our first supervisors that showed up on scene, you know, I, I immediately started having what they call survivor's guilt. Yeah. Uh, you know, and that was the first thing when I walked up to my undersheriff was all I could tell him was I could have done more. I wish I could have done more, you know, because I you look back out on it and I go, man, I was that close. Could I have grabbed him? Could I have pulled him with me when I the went whole, to the ditch? The whole thought process, which is yeah. insane, that I could have done something different. Or maybe if I hadn't gone to try to save myself and it's yeah. it's a yeah, form absolutely. of insanity, but it's one that's it's inescapable on your own, I would think. Yeah, and and I and I would deal with that, and that's so what I tell the cadets and everybody we I go speak to. You know, I will always live with that. Now I can come to terms with the fact that when you know when you go back and you review dash cam, and I literally had less than half a second, and there's not much I could have done. No. But it doesn't mean that that doesn't mean that that still doesn't haunt me. That I don't still, you know, when I drive past the signs that have been put up because you know the highway's been dedicated to them, or I drive by the spot where it happened, that I don't think about it because it still affects me, and it always will. But I've, but I've learned to come to terms with it. And I tell people that the best way I can describe is why, why I'm, I have a desire to get out and do what I do is that I was given that half a second to get out of the way. So I have to give it back. Yeah. And my own, my own, my only way of giving it back is going out and educating and sharing my story because I, I tr- trust me, it's never easy to listen to that because I play that audio at every presentation I do. It's never easy to listen to it. Never easy to have to relive that moment, but the greater purpose of it is why I'm doing it. And I think that there's also probably some healing for you when you try to put this to benefit someone else. Absolutely. Absolutely. And and it's hard to get out of the, 
I still, I, I worry a lot about, you know, because, you know, even just doing this show today and getting out because I've been just kind of confined here to the state of Oklahoma and just trying to get out doing our Nick's Promise deal and then going to our local academies and speaking about the PTSD. But, but you know, here lately I've had this strong desire to really get out on a larger platform because I feel like people need to be aware and this need, people, you know, obviously in our profession need to be educated on this. They do. Um and uh, but you always have that that fear is well he's just doing it for himself he just likes the attention and uh, and you, you know what and you're William, gonna have you're gonna yeah. have those naysayers you're you know? going to have that and I I've developed a thick skin and one thing that's helped me immensely is that I cannot pay my bills off other people's opinion of me really and point. if they're spending a lot of time focusing on what my motives are well God bless them because they're not paying attention to the problem. You know, yeah. when I have a problem in my life, it's me. And the, the solution is be find something about me that needs to be dealt with and uh, handled differently and, and not looking for others to do that. Uh, when you're taking time to talk about this, one of the things that I think is a profound help is as we speak, there is some brother or sister, some law enforcement officer, a, a lot of retired law enforcement officers are going through this right now. And they feel like they're all alone. That's never going to get better. And they're ready. To, they're considering cashing it all in because they're tired of suffering. Uh, yeah. And one of the things I'm sure you were taught early on, and had it drilled into you, is that when you get into a really bad situation in law enforcement, if you're by yourself and backup is a long ways away, and you're outnumbered, and th- this guy is handing you the the worst beating of your life. You have to stay in the fight. You cannot Absolutely. give up. You cannot surrender. You've got to stay in there because help is around the corner. And that's the same thing with people struggling with any form of post-traumatic stress. You can't give up. Help's around the corner. It gets better. Mm-hmm. And, and it's just that people, and, and unfortunately, when it comes to the topic of PTSD, is that it's not talked about enough. It's not educated enough to where people don't realize that help's there. And... And then if they, and even, and like you said, even if they do know it's there, then they, they worry about that whole stigma of where am I going to be looked down on? Are they going to think less of me of a man or as a woman because of the profession I chose, you know, because you have that perception that, well, they knew what they signed up for, you know, they knew what they were getting into and that might so be it, but doesn't mean we don't have souls. It don't mean that we don't have feelings and like, at no point in time is that ever normal to see something like that, whether no. it's our job or not. It, it is never normal to see another human being like that or, or a child or any situation. No, it's not. Yeah. And, it, and it certainly is not fair of me to let that continue to harm people that matter to me because uh, it, it, those things do have a tremendously negative effect on uh, marriages, on relationships, on relationships with children. And they unfortunately want it paying a price to not just the person that's suffering from the post-traumatic stress. It also has a tremendously negative effect on everybody that's important to that person. We're going to come back. We're going to talk more about that, what to look for, what you can do, maybe how you consider talking to someone who might be struggling. You listen to Law Enforcement Today. We'll be right back. Are you working so hard to make a living you can't take time to make any real money? 
Is every day the same boring routine going nowhere and the money runs out before the month? My name is Ron Legrand and for over 35 years now I've been helping clients take their life back by buying and selling houses with no money, credit, experience, or license. If you'll call 800-956-0677, 24 hours, and leave a message, I'll send you my new book and CD absolutely free so you can see how. I've bought hundreds of houses and trained thousands to do the same. Call 800 956 0677. Get your free starter kit until 500 are gone. You'll learn how to make a full-time income on a part-time basis without risk, largely tax-free, and get 90% of the work done for you for pennies. That's 800-956-0677. 800-956-0677. Again, 800-956-0677. That's 800-956-0677. Do you owe back taxes to the IRS? News flash: the president has changed the tax laws, and now you may be able to pay the IRS less. If you owe $10,000 or more in back taxes, the tax doctor can help you pay the IRS as little as possible allowed by law. There are new tax laws for business owners, the self-employed, even W-2 workers. If you have a back tax problem or a few years of unfilled returns, new help to save you money is now here. Call right now to see how the new tax Tax laws can help you. Plus, right now, we'll waive the consultation fee and give you a free tax savings report. Attention business owners, the self-employed, and W-2 workers. Make this free call to the tax doctor now and learn how to take advantage of the new tax laws that may help you pay the IRS less. 800-663-5107. 800-663-5107. That's 800-663-5107. The Law Enforcement Today radio show is brought to you in part by Home Security Advisors. Call 866-334-6387. They're online at help.lockitdowntoday.com. Is your home as secure as it should be? If not, call Home Security Advisors, 866-334-6387. There's no price you can put on safety and peace of mind for you and your family. Protect your valuables, gain remote access to your home, reduce your homeowner's insurance, and deter criminals. High-tech security options for low cost. To get more information, call Home Security Advisors, 866-334-6387, or visit them online at help.lockitdowntoday.com. Call 866-334-6387. That's 866-334-6387. 866-334-6387. Online at help.lockitdowntoday.com. Back to our conversation with Deputy William Wheeler talking about an incident where Oklahoma State Trooper was killed. Another one severely injured, basically right in front of you. And uh, your mission now is, in addition to law enforcement, you are speaking at academies and t- about PTSD. You're talking about what's this called? Nick's Promise. There's a lot of things that are going on. One of the things that you said that I think is very profound is that when people are walking around with this, these first responders walking around with this, they know something's wrong but they may not know what it is and they won't talk to anybody. What are some of the things that people need to be on the lookout for? Well, what I tell, so basically what I tell the the cadets, the new guys that are getting out on the street, um, 
and stuff is that you're going to know your partner better than I am. Like I am going to know, you know, the people that I've been working here for the last seven years, you know, I know what's normal for them and I know what's not normal. So what I try to tell them is that you've got to have the courage to be able, first of all, to be able to speak up and say something. Okay. And I understand that not everybody is comfortable with talking about other people, especially when it comes to feelings, right? It's that, it's that one subject everybody kind of standoffish about, you know, and you don't, you don't want to infringe on anybody. But when it, when it comes to your life, then it, then it's something you have to do. So there's, there's a whole factor of things that you can look for just about how they speak, their demeanor, their behavior. You know, it's really no different. You know, what we here in Oklahoma, we have what we call CIT officers, which is crisis intervention team, uh-huh. which I am one of those. So, but basically we will go out and we deal with people that have the mental, the mental problems, whether it be schizophrenia, you know, bipolar. So we're trained what to look for in other people as CIT officers, but we're not being trained what to look for as far as our fellow law enforcement. And, and not all of it is the same, but a lot of it, a lot of it is as far as what are they, what are they saying? What are they talking about? What kind of, what kind of comments are they making? What is their behavior like right now? Is this normal for them? You know, cause like I said, you're going to know who you work with and you're going to know what's normal for them and what's not normal. And when you start seeing the abnormal things, that's when you're going to, that's when you need the courage to speak up and say, hey, you know, like I tell these cadets, it may be just something as simple as just putting that bug in there, just be saying, hey, you know, if you ever want to talk about something, you know, I'm here for you. Yeah. And, and you just leave it at that. You know, and it may not go anywhere, but when that officer is down at his lowest point, he's going to remember that. And when he's going to, when he's sitting, he's thinking, he goes, nobody's going to be willing to talk to me. I have nothing to look forward to. But, you know, I remember so and so saying, maybe, maybe I'll give them a call. Uh-huh. And that might be, that might be what ultimately saves their life. And you know what? When um, they call, answer it. You know, you don't have to know all the answers. That's what I tell people all the time. I, I was afraid to talk to people because I was afraid I'd say something that make things worse. Yeah. Look, just be there and talk to them. And, you know, let the conversation go where it goes. And that's all it is. We also have, and, I, don't, and I, I think this is nationwide, but don't don't quote me on this, but we have what we call peer officers in Oklahoma, and I'm, and I'm fortunate enough to be one of those, too. So basically, peer officer is, is on the, it's kind of the flip side of the CIT officer deal. So we deal with first responders who have done with the traumatic deals. So, and what, how I learned about it was from the deal that I had with the two troopers. We were called together by a peer officer and, and all it was was they just set us in a circle. Everybody that responded to that scene was invited to come. Wasn't mandatory, but if you wanted to, you could. And I'm glad I did because what it allowed us to do was allowed us to all sit in a circle. And we just went one by one and we told our story from our perspective and we were able to get everything out of our, our chest. You know, every, everything off our chest, everything that we were feeling, all the anger we had, all that, we were able to just get it out right there. And, uh, and it was one of the greatest things I've ever had the opportunity to be, opportunity to be, a, to be a part of. And, uh, I knew immediately, you know, this is something I want to be a part of. And I was fortunate enough to be able to go to the peer school and, um, and be a part of something like that. So, you know, if, if, Anybody's listening out there in your law enforcement out there, if you don't have peer schools or if you have something that is close to it, I would strongly encourage you to look into that. A lot of agencies uh, have that. We've taught, we've had many guests on the show that, that have peer support programs. Wounded Officers Initiative here in Central Florida is that uh, through Blue Line Support, they, they have a very extensive one. 
and a lot of agencies are developing those programs as we speak. And back in my day, back in the dark days, we didn't have any of that stuff. It was, oh yeah, you had a really bad situation, and I remember commanding officer saying, uh, "Hey, uh, here's five bucks. Go buy a case of beer and go decompress." And that's that's what we did, and that's how we handled pretty much everything. You know, it worked for a while, but unfortunately for a lot of folks that when you retire and you no longer have that support group and you no longer have one of your major coping mechanisms, then it's left to just you. And one of the things that I, I can't help but notice quite often is that people wind up in arguments at home and domestic problems. And that one starts creating more stress and they feed off each other. And it makes a really, really disastrous situation for people. Well, it does because you're basically, if you think about it, I mean, you're basically a ticking time bomb. Yes. You've got all the, you know, and kind of mentioned earlier, you know, the, the main thing that we deal with in first responders and LAOs is what they call cumulative PTSD. Because it's just a buildup of a sea and a series of events every single day that we go out on the job and, and we just put it in the back, we put it on the back burner, we put it on the back burner, and that stuff just builds up and builds up. And, and ultimately, our family will end up paying the price because we end up letting it out on them, whether it be an argument with the spouse or or something, you know, or maybe yelling at your kids, and that's not normal yeah. for you. Okay. No, and, and um, anger becomes a real issue for a lot absolutely. of people because they just, you cannot calm down. And uh, when people start getting a little irritated, a little stressed out, a little angry, then you have the adrenaline going. And the next yeah. thing you know, for a lot of these men and women, it's as if they are in an actual fight or flight scenario, uh, physiologically, Absolutely. and you just cannot find a way to decompress and stop it on your own. No, and and then on the flip side of that is that you have the anger issues, but then you have the abandonment where you have the officers that, that, that fear that. So what they ultimately do is they push their family away. Yeah. And then, and they don't want to talk to me. You know, I can, I can one of the stories I share is I am, am divorced. Well, I'm happily married now, uh, but I was divorced at the time, and I have an eight-year-old daughter. And when I had found out that Nick had had a daughter at the same age of mine, I had a lot of issues with that. I, the next weekend coming up was supposed to be my weekend with my daughter, and I didn't want to see her. I remember calling her mother and telling her I didn't want to see her because I didn't feel privileged enough or worthy enough to be able to see my daughter and Nick didn't because he was no different than I was. So, and it, that was something I dealt with for, for a long time, just to wanting to push people away and not allow them in because I didn't want anybody else to have to deal with what I was dealing with. When I was a, a rookie cop many, many years ago, uh, a veteran officer said to me, and I, I don't remember what the scene was anymore, but he said to me, he goes, don't try to make sense out of things that are totally nonsensical, illogical, and insane because you would drive yourself nuts. And that's... Yeah part of it too and, and unfortunately when these things hit really really close to home and the cumulative effect of it being exposed to it over and over and over again absolutely uh it, it's it doesn't get better unless people find some sort of help and you know i'm not talking one floor of the cuckoo's nest i'm not talking being heavily medicated I'm, I'm just talking about finding ways to cope and deal with it whatever is going to work and get you beyond that point where you can start having a happy productive life that you want to have in spite of is there a way that people can get a hold of you get more information find out what you're doing how they can apply that to their department absolutely yeah so they can uh, i can give you my uh, personal email so it's just deputy wheeler that uh and wheeler is spelled w-h-e-e-l-e-r it all runs together at uh, yahoo.com that is my personal email so you can send me um, of course i'm on facebook 
you can shoot me a messenger on Facebook, let me up on there, or send me a friend request. I'm friends with many, many LEOs across the country. Excellent. Um, so just, yeah, so if at any important time, um, yeah, just get a hold of me and I'll get information out there. Like the main thing, as I stressed earlier, is just getting the message out there, just having people understand that this is okay to talk about. Well, I'm so and glad you came on the show and talked with us about it and I appreciate your time and appreciate it very, very much. Thank you. Thank you for allowing me to be able to share the story. I greatly appreciate it. When you have a chance, be sure to go to our website, lawenforcementtoday.com, and download our free mobile app. We have a version for your Android and iPhone devices. It's 100% free. Get it at lawenforcementtoday.com. I'd like to thank our guests so much for coming on the Law Enforcement Today show. We've got another great guest heading your way next week. Don't miss it. Until then, this is John J. Wiley. See ya. Mm-hmm.